0: Hey everyone, here is Dani Abudai with a brand new episode of the Ecom Show. And today I'm here with uh, Barton O'Brien, and Mm -hmm. uh, the founder and CEO of Baydog. And uh, this is a, uh, as you can guess, it's a pet-focused company, and they are very strong in uh, brick and mortar. And they are just getting started with e-commerce, and we will talk about all of these. This is also a business that... uh, won the Tradex uh, Small Business Grant last year, and uh, there are thousands of applicants. So that's a huge success for uh, Beidog. And Barton, uh, it's good to have you here. How are you?
1: No, well, th- thank you for having me. I'm great. Um, I've, since you and I have uh, become acquainted, I've listened to a lot of uh, the episodes of the podcast, and I'm really impressed and, and thrilled and honored to be a part of it. So thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining us before we jump into the conversation so this uh, episode is a bit uh, is a bit different because i will play a video about the story of bay so everyone will just learn more about this brand that was a great video
1: yeah and the best part was it was free <laughs> really? um yeah that video was put together uh by fedex they um they've been using Bay dog as one of their grant winners, uh, as a feature company, uh, when promoting not only the small business grant contest, but their small business services. Uh, so yeah, winning that grant last year, that's just, that's the gift that keeps on giving. It's been great. And actually the, the best part about it was, um, we ended up with over two hours of B roll that they shot that we have total access to, to use, to make videos of our own. And, uh, it's super high quality. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's been a great experience for us and also, you know, the check, uh, the cash yeah. didn't hurt.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah, they really helped you. And uh, why did you apply for this grant? Uh, was it, I mean, how, how serious were you about this back then? Like, it's just another grant, let's do this, or you had to provide a lot of things to them?
1: uh actually and, and for all entrepreneurs and small business owners out there um, the application process was super easy and I, I took a look I forget how I came across it I think somebody mentioned it to me and I thought well even if uh, there's a you know like a, a very small likelihood of winning which there is I mean they have 10,000 companies apply for it um, I, I mean, I knew as a veteran-owned business, uh, the way they did it in the past was nine companies won $30,000 and one veteran-owned business got 50000 because USAA uh, put in an extra $20,000 for the veteran-owned business. And so I knew that right away as a veteran-owned company, we would only be competing with the other veteran-owned businesses. Mm. And so uh, for $50,000, um, I thought, you know, I, I can take... Uh, an hour and and put together a a solid application and put it in and uh you know nothing ventured nothing gained right so uh and and, you know in talking to them after we won uh and you already mentioned this aspect to our business we don't really have a big online presence we're very big in brick and mortar retail and supporting uh small independent and local businesses and i think it was our focus on supporting small and independent local businesses that uh, made us stand out. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, So let's flip the script a bit because, uh, so you are coming from retail and and you are building your e-commerce operations now, but actually I know many people who are already doing great with e-commerce, but they want to get into retail and they have not much idea how to do this so what would you tell them and also back then how did you get started with retail, with your own business
1: um well i, I think here I'll, I'll answer the second part first kind of how i got started so uh if i if you'd have told me uh you know 10 or 15 years ago that i was going to be uh running a dog accessory business uh i just said you were crazy um you know I, My background. I obviously I was a veteran. I'm a veteran. I was a pilot in the Marines for eight years, and I got out, went to graduate school, and started a career in finance. And so, uh, I spent several years in London, and then also New York, uh, working in financial markets. And I just didn't really enjoy that. Um, I I like the people I worked with, but uh, you know I wanted to do something different. I want to do something entrepreneurial, and. I could, I could spend the rest of the podcast talking about all the reasons why, but uh, let me just say that uh, I, I did you know, I'm not married and I don't have kids. So I had the freedom to just kind of quit my job and take a flyer and see if I could do something entrepreneurial. Uh, the first thing I did when I quit my job was get Walter. And I discussed that in the little video. Uh, I always wanted a dog as an adult. And so um, I figured, well, I'm going to have some time on my hands while I figure out what's next. And so uh, I got him and I moved out of New York because I'd spent the last 10 years living in two of the world's biggest cities in London and New York. And I wanted to live in a smaller town and I've always loved Annapolis. So I moved here. And the way Baydog got started was I had an idea for a product and I should, well, I should initially say um, a friend of mine, a fellow uh, investor and entrepreneur, we tried to buy several businesses and we just couldn't get anything over the finish line, Um, you know, we'd we'd look at these businesses and there'd always be some big red flag and we'd we'd pull back. And I actually had an idea um, for like a dog sourcing uh, kind of concierge business for people who wanted to get a dog but didn't really know what they were doing. And I couldn't figure out how to make that idea work and as i was kind of struggling about like how does this service which i think people will pay for work uh, puppyspot.com came online and they did figure it out and they have a hugely successful business um in in co- trying to come up with that idea i thought i could make a couple of products on the side that could complement uh, that business and be another source of cash flow and when i realized that i wasn't going to be able to figure that out and that somebody had already done it and done it better than I was going to be able to do. Uh, I decided to focus on the product side, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, I make the joke that if I showed you my business plan uh, five and a half years ago and said, this is the business I'm going to eventually launch, you'd have read it and said, this is the dumbest idea I've, I've ever heard of. And, and you wouldn't have been wrong. Um, pet accessories is a hugely competitive um, you know, very crowded space and it's really hard to differentiate yourself and you, you can only innovate a dog leash so many ways. I mean, it's not like I came out with Airbnb. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, also brands in, in this, in this space. So, uh, what we ended up doing that did differentiate us and that did give us a chance to kind of claw our piece of the market away from all those very well established uh, companies was I noticed they were all focused on direct to consumer sales and you know paying paying a lot of money to get that first spot or get that buy box on Amazon. And it was all the all the people who are currently in my competition. And we decided, you know, we're not going to do that. We're not going to be on chewy.com, which which in the pet space is everything. We're not going to be on Amazon.com and I started by going into pet stores and showing them my three products. And I said, if you carry this product, no one's ever going to walk into your store, pull out their phone, take a picture of it and buy it for three bucks less on Amazon. Because that's what kills brick and mortar uh, stores in the pet space, probably in other spaces, too. But in pet, Chewy and Amazon kill everybody. So when we go to trade shows, I put a sign that says no Chewy, no Amazon in our booth. And people who own small independent pet stores just come up to me and hug me. And they're like, thank you, finally. Mm. Someone someone who cares about us. And so that's, and obviously the stepping off point, it has to be you have to have a good product at a reasonable price, right? But then from there, uh, choosing t- to not do the, the big online presence is what really differentiated us.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how did you get those first accounts, as you call them in the video, or the, those first few uh, stores? You literally went to the store and you showed them the product?
1: I put the stuff in a backpack and I walked into, I went door to door to pet stores, uh, mm-hmm. kind of in the local area. And uh, I went to a, a few trade shows. And then I literally just sat in the office. I, well, for, I should say, I, I hired my neighbor who had worked at the local pet store. Mm-hmm. And the two of us would just sit there and uh, smile and dial and call pet stores and say, "Hey, give us a chance. Um, I think you're gonna love the stuff. I'll send you a free one. And um, you know, just a you know, a lot of like blunt force trauma sales. like there's nothing fancy about it. like yeah, yeah. you know, we're gonna, you know do it the old fashioned way. and And you know, we kind of puttered along there for a couple of years and you know i i don't share this with a lot of people but uh when covid hit we were kind of at the at the point where we had just finished a trade show and i mean literally the trade show ended march 20th and like the lockdown happened like march 24th or 25th yeah uh and we got home and and uh I decided to let, uh, one of my main employees go. And so it was basically just me in, in an office and, uh, all of our stuff was in a, a 3PL facility and COVID happened and we didn't get any orders. I mean, for a couple of weeks, zero. And, you know, we didn't have really, I mean, we've always had a website by the way, but we just, we've never focused on e-commerce. I mean, you have to have a website to be legit. Right. Um, We just, we just hadn't spent any money on it. And so uh, I was sitting there and I was like, well, you know what? Um, I gave it a good run. It's not going to work out. Our orders have dried up to zero. I can just liquidate all the inventory and move on and get a real job again, I guess. Uh, And it's kind of a last thing I said, you know, I'll just call some of my pet stores and just see how they're doing. And, you know, this is a few weeks into the lockdown and Every call I made went exactly the same. It was, hey, uh, we're still open. Um, turns out pet stores are were deemed um, essential like drug stores and liquor stores and supermarkets, right? And so they all stayed open and it turns out everybody decided to get a dog during this period and they yeah. said, not only do I need to place an order, I end up getting like the biggest orders we'd ever gotten in the in the next few months. And in the second half of 2020, we doubled the size of the company. Uh, And then we doubled again in 2021. And I was, and so towards the end of 2020, I was like, oh my God, I I need help. I got, I got to hire somebody. I got to start hiring people. And so it was after that, that, uh, We decided to move into our own facility, get rid of the 3PL people and do our own fulfillment, get our own warehouse. And so where I'm sitting now in our conference room, we have an office complex and a warehouse and a fulfillment team. And yeah, that all happened uh, in part because of the pandemic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It really turned around things for almost everyone. Like, you know, either uh, many of them, they bankrupted, but many of them, they could. Double, triple, and uh, yeah. For, fortunately, uh, most of the guests here they 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 could double, triple. Ma- many of the guests, so yeah.
1: Well, that's because uh, also that's because you focus on e-commerce, yeah, right? Exactly. And and yeah. you know during COVID, obviously e-commerce went through the roof because no one was shopping in stores for the most part. Pet is kind of the exception to that, and so I was uh, didn't plan it this this way, but I ended up being well placed for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about e-commerce more so what are the plans now and uh, how do you try what's your plan to combine it with your existing uh, brick and mortar, you know, physical
1: so we've given it one try Um, a couple years ago I've always had one guy who's kind of always helped me with the website, Um, he's a a web developer and a really smart guy Um, and you know, a couple of years ago, I said, you know, we've got to make a the old college try at e-commerce because even if uh, we, you know, we have a, the, I mean, the beauty of e-commerce is you get paid right away, right? As opposed to a lot of the big accounts I have, I have 30, 60 day terms, right? Um, so I don't mind spending money to make money because I get paid back right away with e-commerce. Um, and he said, you know what, let me, let me Interview some of these uh, paid media firms. These guys can do paid ads for you, and they can kind of take over your e-commerce. And we picked a firm, and uh, they will remain nameless. Um, and they had a very similar fee structure to all the other agencies you see out there, where you, you know, you pay them a retainer, they set everything all up, and then you have a fixed fee per month, and then above a certain point, they earn a commission, right? Uh, and they started, and they said, hey you know, the, the first several months is going to take a while, you know, we'll do all the A/B testing and all that stuff. And eventually we'll turn the corner and we'll become profitable. And then, you know, the sky's yeah. the limit. Uh, that did not happen. And after 10 months, uh, we had burned tens of thousands of dollars. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Um, more than zero, less than hundred. And, uh, it was a lot of money for us to lose. I mean, And when I fired them, I think I shared this with you before, when I fired them, I said, I would be better off just taking the money and lighting it on fire because at least then I'd still have the product in my warehouse that I could sell for a profit. But so I made the decision there and then that I was not going to lose money on e-commerce anymore. Right. So we've left it alone. Uh, we've got a decent website. It was doing okay. It's about 7% of our total revenue. Mm -hmm. Um, so in October, um, I hired somebody to revamp and redesign the website. They were great. Uh, they're called uh, Twofold Media in Kansas City. They're fantastic, great guys, awesome to work with, really smart. Did a wonderful job, very affordable. And since they relaunched the new website, we're up about sixty percent year over year for the same time period. And that's just because the website's just converting a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Right. So. We're still not spending a nickel on e-commerce on paid ads. We just have a much better website that has a little bit of SEO done to it. And that's all it took. And we're up 60%. So, you know, I, beyond that, the plan is to talk to people like you guys. I I don't know a lot about e-commerce. I guess that, you know, that that makes me kind of an outlier in terms of your guests perhaps, but uh, you know, I, I believe in finding really smart people and hiring them, and, and giving them tasks, and allowing them to surprise me with their ingenuity and their creativity. And so it's fine finding people like you to to uh, to to help us out there because we don't have the in-house
0: expertise to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> many people they focus on the traffic, you know, running ads and all of that, or even SEO. But if you have a website that doesn't convert, it's it, it's like a leaky bucket, right? You can pour the water into the bucket, but it, yeah, it has a problem. So, yeah, website first, and after I think email is important as well, and then you can scale your traffic because it already converts well. So, yeah, light-
1: one th- one thing we did in conjunction with relaunching the website was uh, launch Clavio. Uh, for the first time and have some just some basic flows some abandoned cart flows and you know thank you emails and follow-up emails and start to get uh you know reviews on the website and that's something we've never done before right yeah. um and and i'm sure that's part of the reason why we're up 60 percent
0: uh, in online sales
1: hmm.
0: do but you do sms marketing as well
1: zero um so uh Again, it, it kind of comes into my uh, philosophy: is I'm I'm not going to work my butt off all day to build a business that's great at distributing uh, pet accessories to 2,000 stores around the country just to flush it down the toilet on uh, e-commerce. So I'm not going to lose. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to do it if I think I'll get a return on those dollars, right? Yeah. But I'm I'm really apprehensive just uh, to, to spend money uh you know on, on e-commerce and and you know because I've, I've, I've already been burned once
0: hey Budai nation welcome to the eCom show i ask you to subscribe to this podcast and if you like it make sure you share it with at least one friend as you probably know we don't run ads our growth is purely organic so it would mean the world to me if you could support us and now let's jump into the episode yeah, so I'm curious in all of these years, like, how, how, what was the biggest lesson for you? Or, yeah, just a few challenging points of this whole story or, yeah, what would you say?
1: Well, e- e-commerce and in, in uh, losing all that money with that ad, ad firm, that was certainly one of them. Mm. Um, y- you know, one thing, so... um you know, one thing that I thought about recently was, uh, so I'm a, I'm a private pilot in my spare time. Uh, it's something I learned in the military and a, a, an American uh, airplane company that makes small airplanes recently went bankrupt. And I was like, man, the, but the airplane market is crazy and they've got such a good product. How is that possible? Mm,
0: yeah. And
1: um, basically, they have some manufacturing issues and they had to recall a whole bunch of airplanes because they weren't paying attention to detail. And, uh, you know, that's something if you put out a bad product, like you're going to get people killed. And you, you, there's not a lot of room for error. And, that, and one little mistake can kill a company. Uh, you know, we make uh, dog life jackets and they're, uh, you know, they got down right here. So it's basically one of the things we're known for, right, is uh, is our Monterey Bay dog life jacket. Launching that product probably helped double the size of the company because we make the best dog life jackets. Uh, I think in the world, um, you know, you, you launch a if if we don't do our due diligence and we launch a product and we make a mistake like that and somebody's dog gets hurt or God forbid killed, I mean, that's the kind of thing that'll ruin a company. So, uh, you, you know, we have to be really. And, and by the way, we screwed up in the past, right? One thing I, I said at a team meeting recently uh, to all, everyone who works here was. You know, I never took a class in how to launch a dog accessory business. Steve, who runs my warehouse, he's never worked in a dog accessory warehouse before. Christy, who works in sales, she's never sold dog harnesses before. We're all kind of making it up as we go along. Nobody who has a job at this company has ever done this job anywhere else. So let's just be patient with each other and let's uh, let's make mistakes, but let's make mistakes that are correctable and that we learn from. And let's avoid that one big pitfall that can that can really hurt the company. And that's mostly on the product side and that mostly falls on me. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's not on the marketing side or not on the, yeah, the product is the mo- most, uh, you know, with the product you can make a mistake that is fatal for a business, right? Mm-hmm. That area. Like, I don't know if you send out a marketing campaign and the discount was wrong. You can still apologize to people uh maybe financially it will hurt you uh but if the product has a has an issue and you know somebody gets hurt and uh yeah
1: yeah matter of fact when we switched over to clip Klav- so we we do we do mass emails to our wholesale customers for the most part and since we joined clavio we've started sending out some mass emails to uh our retail customers cuz we've we've collected a pretty decent retail size list over yeah. the last 5 years it's like 10,000 it's not huge right yeah. but it's it's 100% organic we've never bought contacts or anything like that and i think we have about 10,000 followers on facebook now so um mm-hmm. again it's not not much but considering we don't we try to spend as little effort as possible on it um it, you know so one of the things that happened it was kind of a huge mistake so we I, I never have anything on my website on sale, right? Because uh, matter of fact, so this is a, 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 last year's catalog. The first page of our catalog is always our brick and mortar pledge that mm-hmm. we uh, give to stores. And that's why they carry us. And it says, we'll never undersell you online. So nothing on my website is ever, ever on sale. I can never run a sale because I can't undercut my retail partners. And they were setting up these flows, these guys who were, Uh, Redesign the website and they set up your standard, hey, sign up, get 10% off flow, Mm -hmm. right? And when they were transferring the contacts from MailChimp to Clavio, something happened and it triggered that flow for every single contact in my wholesale list. Whoever started sending a sale (laughs) code to every single store that carries us who I've promised I won't undersell online. And I was like, I'm watching these emails go. I'm like, shut it off, God for shut it off. And and like, he's like, I don't know how, I don't know why it's doing it. It just kept sending thousands of emails, and I'm like sitting there, going, Oh my god. (laughs) But we were able to kind of send out a correction and explain it to people. But
0: yeah, that was uh, (laughs) that was an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could you could fix it, right? Nobody got uh, angry or anything, I guess. Well,
1: a couple people did. But yeah, we were able to to smooth those over.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I have similar stories as well. When I started my career, then uh, I think we had only one email designer. And she was amazing. She was very detail-oriented. And actually, that's why we never had a process to QA her work, because she was so great. Uh, We never questioned ourselves that maybe on some, you know, on some day she will make a mistake because she was mm-hmm. so good. And then we had a month or even I think a week, she got divorced and her dog died on the same week. So mm-hmm. obviously she was in a very, you know, bad shape. And, uh, she made a mistake with one of our clients. The link in the email went to another, uh, business, another, uh, client store. Uh, this guy sold, Suits, I think, and the link went to a footwear business for teenagers or you know, Gen Z, like very different style, not not serious people. Mm-hmm. As well. Um And then the client was angry, and then uh, we sent out an apology email the next day, but the link was still wrong. Uh, you right? Know, yeah. In the apology email, because she was such, and she didn't tell us about this that she had. This <laughs> you know a week um so after that we hired a QA person we built out long checklist all of that it really changed things around so yeah I think these stories uh, really uh can change your business in a good way uh yeah yeah I mean lesson learned but you know
1: you're right you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube uh, once it's out there. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's interesting. I started asking the question, well, you know, we don't do a lot online yet. I, I'd, I'd love it if half our revenue came from online sales, yeah. because no matter how many stores I'm in, we're still not going to be able to touch most dog owners because they're not going to live in close proximity to a brick-and-mortar store that carries us. Because the pet industry, like other industries, has seen a lot of consolidation into big-box retail, PetSmart and Petco are putting mom and pops uh, out of business. And then whoever survives, uh, Chewy goes after them, right? That said, there's still enough independence out there for me to do uh, to build a pretty uh, sizable business. And a lot of our revenue comes from non, non-pet. So for example, West Marine has 270 locations. They're the premier boating store in the united states and if you're not familiar with west marine think of them as bed bath and beyond but for boats so everything from engine parts and you know rope to uh cool yeti coolers and stand-up paddle boards to all the clothes and boating gear you can think of they have it and we're the premier dog life jacket in all 270 west marine locations Mm. right so anyway i started asking how do people find our website yeah and uh, we put a question at the at the end of checkout, one of those voluntary things you can check. How did you hear about Bay Dog? And something like 85% were we saw it in the store. Yeah. So, wow. But now, but now if you you know we you know one thing uh, I, I'd like to ask you about this. I know it's your show, but uh, last year we launched uh, college gear, and. Uh, I'll spare you the story of how we got into the space. We were, but long story short, is we were asked by a college, "Can you make something for our our you know because the pet category is growing, but they didn't like what they saw on the market, and they knew we made nice stuff, so we made a harness and a fleece for this college, and the people fanatics saw it and they said, "Wow, this stuff's really nice. Can you make it for these colleges for us?" And so now we have 33 schools, and we can keep right. expanding. Um, But it hasn't really caught fire like I thought it would, and I think it might be more of an online product. And so, what I'm curious about is how we go about. I mean, it seems pretty like a pretty specific audience—people that are fans of a specific school or dog um, lovers—shouldn't be that hard to target. But uh, you know, that's because you know what we're making is truly differentiated and really nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's your question about um, I,
1: I I guess you know based on what what you guys do how would you attack uh you know a product that's specific uh, into the market
0: yeah yeah like this product line right hmm I know many guys who would start a new brand, but I, I guess you don't want to do that. So I, you want to keep it at the part of Bay right? Yeah,
1: and, and I'll t- let me tell you the reason why we want to keep it part of Bay Um I don't know if you have a like a team you're a fan of. I don't know, pick one, the Georgia Bulldogs, right? Yeah. If you're a big Georgia Bulldogs fan and you go to buy a Georgia Bulldogs shirt, you want a name brand like Nike or Under Armour that yeah. just happens to have a Georgia Bulldogs logo on it. You don't yeah. want something generic, right? Yeah. If you look at the pet space, the licensed product that's available out there is not made by pet companies. It's made by licensing companies. So the same company that makes water bottles and beer koozies ends up making a dog leash and a dog collar, and it's garbage, right? Yeah. And I, I looked at that, and I thought, wait a minute. We, now that we're a bit more of a, a, a well-known name brand that makes high-quality products, maybe we could be the Nike or the Under Armour of the dog space when it comes to licensing, right? Because it's what Nike and Under Armour does outside of licensing that makes you want to buy their licensed products, their team yeah. products. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought it's, you know, we make really nice, awesome products like our life jackets and our backpacks, and we're known for quality. And so if we make a Bay Dog branded high quality harness, it just happens to be in your team colors with a team logo on it. That's where we can add value by being a a well-known brand. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, the stores that do carry it uh, do sell it and they do reorder. But it's a it's hard to get stores to pick up the the license stuff because they've been burned so much in the past. Yeah. And so I think I, that's you know, there's no shortage of SKUs to sell. I mean, we have three hundred and fifty. Uh, college skews to sell now. So, I'm, I'm just, you know, that as, as we move forward, that's something I want to focus on, uh, from an e commerce standpoint. And if we do spend more dollars, that, you know, that's where I'd like my focus to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I, I think on the website, you could have a separate, uh, section with for this product line so people they can go there and, you know, see those available. Sku's items mm-hmm. and uh, you can just make it as a part of your website but really just you know differentiate it from the other products and they can go there and buy uh, buy you know you know different uh, you said you said 33 different products
1: 33 different schools yeah Ooh, with two so- different products we have uh, fleeces yeah. and harnesses at the moment um yeah. but uh yeah and that and that's actually kind of what we've done if you go to our website uh we have a whole section college gear and uh, I already have okay and it's got the like the mega menu and it's got the drop down where you can see all the all the schools listed right there yeah. Yeah. but you know how we drive people to the website and and convert those people in an efficient manner that's that's what i'm gonna need some someone to help me with right and so um, I, I, I know it's probably not typical for the e show for someone to come on here and say, hey, I want to do something in e-commerce, please help me. Um, it's quite common. But, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, hopefully, may, I don't know, maybe somebody uh, who's listening to this will, uh, will hear it and pick up the phone and give us a call. Yeah, and,
0: uh... yeah actually, if somebody is listening, then uh, feel free to reach out, comment below. So yeah, I can connect you guys with uh, Barton. I would say mm-hmm. two things here. One is maybe just, you know, SEO, people who search for those. I would target long-tail, long-tail keywords like, uh, I don't know, like Harvard University and then dog collar or something like that. So very if, you,
1: multiple if, words. If you Google, and I'll do it, if you Google, like I said, Georgia Bulldogs, mm-hmm. uh, dog harness, right, uh, the first organic link is me. Is mine.
0: Yeah. Right. And build on them even more.
1: So, and that's that's the new website uh, with just a little bit of SEO, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, there's all the shopping, sponsored shopping links above us where you won't find our harness. But the first organic one is us. And so, yeah.
0: And you can also run uh, Google ads with similar keywords. And the other idea. Just quickly, is uh, Facebook ads or any kind of paid ads for a location? For example, mm-hmm. Harvard and Boston uh, in that location, because those guys, they want the Georgia fans, right? So uh, just target that location. And uh, yeah, zip code.
1: Yeah, Harvard is actually really interesting. Um the funny thing about a place like Harvard is the people who go there don't really want Harvard merch. Um, when we first got into this space, I called the manager of the coop, which is the Harvard bookstore. And they have five Mm -hmm. locations or like one at the law school and whatever. And he said, because, because they were owned by Barnes and Noble college it was bought by fanatics. And so I had this list of 14 schools they wanted to put us in and, Mm -hmm he said, I'm going to sell more of your product than the next three schools combined. And I said, there's no way that's possible. The next three schools are Penn state and Texas A&M and like Ohio state. There's just no way. And and he said, yeah, I I will. And he said, here's the, I said, how, how is that possible? And he said, the difference between me and those other school stores is those school stores sell to their community. Right. He said when the students come back to Harvard, my sales plummet, but 90% Ninety percent of what I sell, I sell to tourists, because every international tourist who goes to Boston wants something that says Harvard on it. Yeah, and I was fascinated by that, right? Because I, I never would, I never would have imagined that uh, that the Harvard guy would sell more than the Penn State guy, but he does.
0: Yeah. Why I was saying actually Harvard, besides everyone knows Harvard, I also have a Harvard hoodie because I was there as a tourist, so. Yeah, I, the purpose, see, there you go. I, I, ne- I never attended uh, to a uni in the US, so. Yeah. But yeah, you, you know, if you go to a smaller university, a more local university, I can imagine that the locals, they buy it because they are proud. But Harvard, yeah, probably not too.
1: Well, what's also interesting is, um, let's take, I don't know, I, the Iowa Hawkeyes, right? Now, yeah. um, if, if you didn't go to Harvard or Northwestern or Georgetown, you're probably not a fan of those schools, and you're not going to buy a, a dog fleece with that university on it. But if you live in the state of Iowa, there's a good chance you're an Iowa Hawkeye fan. There's no professional sports out there. Like those people are all, they're either Iowa Hawkeyes or the Iowa State Cyclones, and most of them are Hawkeyes fans, right? So, Mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of those people, you know, they didn't go to college, but they're huge sports fans, and they love their college football team. Um, You know, I have friends I grew up with in Pennsylvania They didn't go to Penn State, but they're huge Penn State fans, right? And so that's kind of the market, right? Um, You know, there's no professional sports teams in Nebraska, but we make an awesome Nebraska Cornhuskers harness, right? So, uh, you know, we make a Kansas Jayhawks product. Uh, you know, there's no pro sports teams to compete with out there. Actually, but,
0: I'm, I'm in Austin now, and here uh, the only sports team that they have is, and it's not professional; it's university. They have a huge uh, football stadium, the Texas mm-hmm. University. So,
1: we and we make Texas Longhorns gear right and uh, you know you go to the you go you know sec football games i don't know how much you know uh, about american southern football these people are crazy they're Um, as crazy as european football fans are or anybody in the world and they spend a lot of money on stuff it's just a matter of showing it to them
0: yeah yeah. so yeah yeah so uh thank you barton for sharing your story and i wish you great success with the e-commerce uh, operations and uh, double your business every year in the next 10 years. If that's a goal, of course. Um, and thanks everyone who listened to this episode and uh, I will put the link of the store into the description so you can find these uh, products online and you can check them out. Also, I will put one more link into the description. That's from my side. So we collected our top 100 email templates into a guide and You can download it for free through this link in the description. So thanks again, everyone, and stay tuned. Every week we come out with a new episode. Have a great day.
1: Yeah, and thank you for having me. And apologies to anyone who was listening to the episode, hoping to hear some smart e-commerce knowledge. But thanks again.